Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I'm not a homework person. I opt out for my kids as well. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. If Margaret's top strength is humor, Amy's top strength is love of learning. With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. It was such a happy accident that like, if you could have built a person who had opposite strengths than me, you would have maybe built Amy. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. She wants to be my friend. I mean, it was such a slow learner. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about what we are going to take with us into 2024. And we have a very special guest to help us with this process, our friend Anne Immig. She is an award-winning writer, speaker, and performer. She's currently working as a certified positive psychology life coach. Anne and I go way back because in 2010, Anne created the nationwide storytelling series and book titled Listen to Your Mother. I directed the New York City version of Listen to Your Mother for six years Margaret was in, I believe, the last version that we did. You were in it. And it was an amazing experience, launched many, many ideas and careers and creative sparks, including this podcast. And Listen to Your Mother continues giving motherhood a microphone on stages all over the country. And we've been talking forever about having you on. So we're so excited to have you with us, Anne. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. And that intro just really made me so full of warm fuzzies. Thank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So we wanted to do this week, like getting ready for 2024, what we're leaving behind, what we're taking with us. And this was really inspired by something that you were doing in your work with your own clients. So tell us about that. Well, it's funny because a lot of people think like new year, new me, or like reinvention. And when we want to know what works, we look at reviews, right? Like if we want to know how a product works or if we want to go to a good restaurant, we see reviews and we often, you know, make choices based on that. Meanwhile, we don't stop and look at what works for us a lot of the time. And positive psychology is the study of what works for humans and doing more of that. So the idea is to, before you go skipping off into 2024, take some time and Look at what worked for you in 2023 and what you might want to bring with you. It's an interesting point of view because I think that we have a tendency, and Amy has defined this for us at times on the podcast, to 
only look for what didn't work, what needs fixing. And it's an interesting mind shift to look at what did work. What's the difference between those two things for you? Well, actually, when we look at what didn't work, it's important to look at what strengths we use to get through it. Because what works for us in the past often holds the key to what will work for us in the future. So it's not so much a difference of what worked versus didn't what didn't work. It's less looking at the outcomes and more looking at the process. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. And then the strengths. So we're actually looking back at the not necessarily the tough times, but the important times and what we brought to those times. And then we're going to pat ourselves on the back for that and make sure we're doing more of that in 2024. You know, I think it's more if you look at your calendar and you look at everything you did, all the things you showed up for, all the ways people showed up for you, everything you got through, everything that delighted you, all of it. It's looking at all of it and looking at how you got through it and what you learned. And sometimes what we decide as bad and good in the moment doesn't even give ourselves a chance to see what's really going on. So if you look back to some of the most important times of your life, the game-changing times in your life when you learn the most, they often come from the hardest time in our lives, from the challenges that you would never want to repeat, that nobody would ever ask for, and yet... There are often opportunities or gifts or huge lessons that live there. So it's just taking a different view and a closer view and just taking time to really see what we did. Because to your point, Margaret, our brains are wired to trap negativity. It's evolution. It's, you know, so that we can make sure that thing, you know, shaking that tree isn't a tiger. But if you're always looking around at what's shaking the tree, you're only using this tiny reactive portion of your brain that's really judgmental and really self-sabotaging as we get into adulthood. So Anne gave us this homework, which also you gave to your clients, was to actually take out your calendar in 2023 and review it, that it's actually a source of information. To go back through 2023 and look for two things. Look for the gifts we gave and the gifts we received in maybe difficult times or at least in unexpected places, right? So I'm going to go first because I'm proud of this one. So as I looked back at 2023, I had several times during the year what I would characterize as difficult conversations. They weren't heated. They were extremely productive. They were not without conflict, right? It's like, let's sit here and hold together this thing that is kind of hard and we're not going to get up. We're really just going to sit with it. Nobody's going to blow up and we're just going to talk about it. I can think of a couple different times with a couple different people that I had difficult conversations and we remained calm and we got somewhere. And I thought like, I would say I'm a pretty conflict avoidant person and I would still sort of characterize myself that way. But I think I showed real growth in that in 2023. And so then knowing that I say like, I actually am good at that for 2024. Yeah. So like challenging, if you've had this dominant narrative that I avoid conflict and I'm afraid of conflict, that's a challenge to it. So if we were coaching and somebody said like, I hate conflict, I'm terrible, I avoid it. I'd say, tell me about a time when you didn't and it went well. And then you would share that story with me and it would begin to reframe what works for you. And so I'm wondering, did that surprise you when you went through your calendar? Would you have thought of that? I have definitely never thought of it as like, what did I do well in 2023 that I'd like to do more of in 2024? And I'm not sure I want to have more difficult conversations in 2024, but I do want to have more calm, respectful, productive conversations in 2024, right? And sort of 
show up as who you want to be. Yeah. And times where you stood in your truth, showed up for what's important. You know, there's these nuances of how we describe a situation too, where, you know, like you said, it wasn't even really a conflict. It might've been a challenging conversation. And maybe that means it was even more worth having. It's just such a more, I don't know, more productive way to think of how you want to grow in the coming year than I'm going to, you know, do a hundred sit-ups every morning or something. It's just much more warm and fuzzy for me. Yeah. And that hard doesn't mean bad or it doesn't necessarily mean good. It just might mean I'm really having to channel up some strengths that I don't usually use. And I went through my calendar with the idea in mind. I hope I did the homework assignment right. I'm kind of notorious for not doing the homework assignment correctly. <laughs> She's not homework a homework person. <laughs> I opt out for my kids as well. Looking at the construct of gifts you gave, like looking at this list of questions that you sent us, kind of trying to find them. And one of them that stood out to me was when you prayed or kept someone in your thoughts. And this is something that I feel like I've learned uh, through the podcast. We talk a lot about like how to help other people and how to be involved in our friendships. And one of the things that I've been working on that I completely stole from a friend of mine who always says when people are struggling, and whether it's on social media or off, like, I'm sending you strong, clear energy. This person is non-religious. And I was like, oh, it's such a nice way to express something that like, I'm really going to hold this. And I've tried to make a habit this year. And I could think of a couple of occasions when people in passing say, I'm worried about my kid, they're struggling. I try to make a practice of saying to that person, what is that person's name? And I write it, I have a place where I write all those names down. And so even in passing, I've had it in passing conversations and in serious close conversations. And I keep that list with me and I try to look at it once a day and I'm somewhat religious, somewhat agnostic, but I try to just keep that idea of like sending clear positive energy towards that list of people. And it makes me feel more engaged in conversations and problems when I can say, oh, you know, I'm having a hard time. My mom's sick. Oh, what's your mom's name? I'm going to put her on this list and, and be thinking about her. And I don't think it's super awkward. I've never had anyone react badly to it, but it just gives a little bit more intention to like, oh, I'm sorry that's happening to you. It feels a little bit like I'm going to keep that person in my intentions and it makes me feel more connected to people. That's so beautiful. And you know, you're giving them, I want to say the word blessing, but that sounds super religious too. But when somebody is hurting, especially if they're grieving, getting to say the name of the person, especially if they've lost that person, you if you ask somebody who's grieving, anytime they hear the person's name, it means so much to them. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And similarly, another one of the questions was when you celebrated someone else's joy or windfall. And I was like, that's such a good intention that like, leaning in on when you hear good news for people, like I had a friend this week who had great news. And, you know, somebody who's struggled with, you know, career stuff for a while. And it is thrilling to be able to have that moment with someone of like, yes, let's just celebrate this greatness. And sometimes we kind of let it go of like, oh, that's great. But taking time out to really like repeat back as old actors here, we know the Meisner technique, right? You repeat back to, to exercise, <laughs> you get a phrase, that. you repeat yep. it back to each other. But just really saying out loud to people like, hey, this thing seems really hard that you're going through. Hey, this win is so great. And what a great thing to see good things happen as somebody I love and and giving voice to like, 
people's pain and wins seems to me a really good practice that I'm glad to really dig in on this year. You just outlined like one of Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology's advice. Incredible. This is neuroscience, what you're talking about, that if your partner or your kids have a piece of good news. So it is hard for us to take in the good things of life. It goes back to that default to that left brain reactivity judgment. So when something is going well, the way we can make a different neural pathway, the way we can build the more creative, positive side of our brain is savoring. So if something good happens to your partner or your kid, ask them more questions about it. You know, where were you when you got that news? Do you remember exactly what they said? Why do you think they chose you? What was it about your work that they liked? Like the longer you can do it, the more it helps cement that good news, celebrate that good news. This stuff just lights me up. I think you can see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's like <laughs> we talked a long time ago on an early podcast about the, it was like a training animals, training husbands kind of article that was very popular years ago, but it was like, oh, what Shamu taught me about my marriage, I think it was called. Right. And like looking for, it helps you look for the positives when you're doing that too, that you're looking for you know, we all deal with a lot of people who kind of drive us crazy and we don't like, and it it helps you seek out connection, even with people who drive you batty. Yes, you keep <laughs> like saying the talking points without even knowing it. I mean, <laughs> there's something called Broaden and Build by an amazing writer, researcher named Barbara Fredrickson's, where you can more easily build on positive neurons when you start noticing and articulating positive neurons. And one of the things that we can do no matter what's going on in our life, is find positivity resonance, even with strangers. And it's even as important to your well-being as your primary relationships, that fun exchange you have with that person at the grocery store, that place where you meet eyes with the cutest little kid. These things actually matter for your brain. And it's true. The more that you can see them, the more that you will spot them. We're talking to Ann Emig. She is a life coach at Listen Life Coaching. We're going to talk about the second part of this calendar exercise when we get back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, 
zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Okay, so there's another part of this exercise that we did when we reviewed our calendars for 2023 for we mined them for ideas and gold nuggets we're going to take with us into 2024. We were talking about before the gifts that we gave during the year, and then we were also supposed to talk about the gifts we received during the previous year. So, and tell me why is that important to think about what you're going to do more of in 2024 to think about what you received instead of what you gave? Mostly because we default to forgetting good things. Okay. <laughs> and we need to train our brain. I mean, when I do this too, I love this exercise and it's a process of reflection for me that I can't believe what I've forgotten. And so just to remind ourselves of, and by gifts, I don't always mean literal, right? Like it can be the way people showed up for you, things that you learned, new experiences you have, a way somebody surprised or delighted you. And life is in the details and we forget so many of them. Okay. So Anne, give us a long list of uh, gifts that we received potentially that we should explore. And this is so simple, but it's true for me. When I made a friend, this is a small gift that became a big gift when I really stopped and thought about it. But I have a friend that I walked the reservoir in Central Park, which is maybe a couple miles walk. She's a mom, lives in my neighborhood. We have kids who went to school together. They don't go to school together anymore, but we still bump into each other once in a while. And we made a date to walk around the reservoir. We made a nice talk, whatever. And then like two weeks later, she texted me like, do you want to pick another day to walk around the reservoir? And we did again. We had a nice talk. And another week or two goes by. She's like, are you up for another walk one of these days? And I'm like, she wants to be my friend. I mean, it was such a slow learner. <laughs> I think she's my friend now. And it just took me a long time to get to it. Like she's offering me, she's making a bid for connection 
and I have a new friend. And that was, it seemed like a really big gift once I started looking at those walks in the calendar, thinking 100% her pursuing me to set those up. And just the gift of clicking with someone. I mean, we meet all sorts of people who are interesting, maybe we admire, but like when you click with somebody, that's such an amazing feeling. Yeah. And hard to come by when your kids get older too. And you, I feel like there's a lot of people you can talk to when your kids are in the same Cub Scout troop, right? But once they're grown and this and like, who are you when you're not Bobby's mom, sometimes you don't have as much to talk about. Yeah. As our kids get older, there are certain points in our life where the connection's built in, you know, when you first have babies, when your kids first start school. And then as they grow up and leave the house, it's this new transition time where you can feel a little adrift. And so those connections mean even more. Yeah. And I just want to double click on for our audience, the questions that we received to review were two categories, gifts we gave and gifts we received. And there were maybe two dozen questions on each in each category to search for. And we will link to them so that you can do this exercise for yourself because it is really worthwhile. And I, the gifts you received, I was, I'm lucky to say I had so many of them highlighted because they're just fun. Like when you got the hang of it, when you saw something awe-inspiring, there were so many I could think of that resonated with me uh, during the year. But I decided to highlight one that's a little bit more unusual. When you hired someone who did great work. And Amy and I are building a company, Atlas Media Podcasting Company. I'm a comedian by training and Amy is an actress by training. I think we both went into this a little bit like, we're not business women. Business women carry briefcases and go to business offices and we're just here in our houses. And we kind of took this leap of faith together and in the last year have hired several people and it's been an interesting new identity to be someone's boss, which I have, this is the first time in my life that I have had that experience other than like small jobs, someone fixing my car, whatever it happens to be, someone who we're working with day in and day out. And I will say it has been an overwhelmingly positive experience. And it really is, we have several young, mostly female people who work for us and watching smart young women do good work. It just light, like you said, it lights me up. I'm like, look at these young women. They're so smart. They're so much more together than I was. They speak for what they want. They're not afraid to share their ideas. I mean, I feel like Amy and I were kind of, I mean, my mother worked professionally, but she was considered very odd for having a job. And and I think we came up in the generation of being a little bit like, yeah, okay, sir, whatever you want. You know, like just our only goal at work was to be pleasing to other people. And I have found it really inspiring to watch these like incredibly smart young women in the workplace from this other vantage point who are so able to speak their minds and share their creativity and their really, really smart ideas. And it, it's just been super inspiring, super inspiring. Yeah, I'm not sure there's ever been a generation of young people who are so informed, outspoken. I mean, that's a big generalization, but I was in a context recently where somebody said like, just off the cuff, oh, like a 19-year-old, what do they know? And I'm thinking 19-year-olds know so much more than we did at 19. And some of it's for the better and some of it 
is for the worse because we're all so plugged in and there's so much misinformation. But my goodness, they are very engaged and aware. And it's amazing. Yeah. And that seeing their self-confidence and ability and then finding ourselves in these new roles for ourselves, it's like a, it's been a, like a, a connected system, you know, finding that that we've had to find our voices to a certain degree to be like, we belong in these rooms and we belong making these decisions. And it's been a really inspiring year in that way. Yeah. I had on my own list, something else was on there, a gift you received when someone took something off your plate, which is kind of another version of the same thing. You feel like, well, I'll speak for myself. I can feel like there's too much on my plate, but I can't pause to give any of it away because to like sit down with somebody and be like, here's how you knit a sweater. It's going to take a really long time. Let me just knit the sweater. But turns out when you teach people how to knit sweaters, sometimes they're better at knitting sweaters than you are or faster or they make better looking sweater, whatever. It frees you doing this work of building a support system around us, which was more work for six weeks has led to uh, you know, the rest of the year being not easier, but just what do I want to be doing with my time? What is the best use of my time? And it doesn't have to be answering every email. It's It was a real opportunity for growth. And in the future, when you are looking at doing something that feels really challenging and way outside of your comfort zone, you can look back to this time and be like, we built a damn empire. I mean, I am in awe of what you are doing. And That's the value of taking some time to remember and document what you are doing that is working. I do a goal map with clients, which is a physical, you know, visual map. It looks different for everyone. But when you achieve that goal of a year or two years, you hold on to it for the savoring reasons. And for the next time you're inevitably stuck, you look back at that map and you're like, oh, right. Those are the people who helped. That's what I did. That's what worked. So it's doing this work. It just helps you remember so that when you are faced with something more difficult in 2024 or or whenever you feel more capable and ready. Is that what this work is about? It's not just remembering. It's connecting it to your strengths and knowing. And so anybody who wants to find out what their strengths are can go to viacharacter.org. I have no relationship with this assessment. And it's not like supposed to be a typing system that freaks anybody out. It's actually developed by Martin Seligman, who I already mentioned. And the big DSM diagnosticians manual for everything that does not work for people, any, every sort of mental illness, he and his colleagues created that as well. And then in the early 2000s, it's like, We've been studying what does not work in humans for all of these decades. What does work for humans? And you can go and you can take this character strengths assessment to figure out what works for you. And when I first took it, it was a big aha for me because there were some surprises there. My talents aren't always the same as my strengths. And that is to say that your strengths hold tremendous power, for lack of a better word, for your well-being. So when you can use those top signature strengths, that is when you are feeling stuck or you are feeling unhappy and you can find ways to plug into those strengths. Those are the key to ease and flow and more positivity in your life. And that's an essential piece of this work that I do with every client. Well, we took this 
assessment for ourselves yes, as did. another we part of our up. homework. We had a lot of homework for this episode. I usually do not allow this much homework. I hope it was fun and interesting. It was so much fun. It was very interesting. And I said, you don't have to do it. You'll just get a lot more out of it if you do. No, no, no. It was really interesting. <laughs> and it's also interesting because Amy and I, people often describe the podcast as like two best friends talk about parenting. That's how they describe the podcast. And we often point out that Amy and I did not know each other that well when we started the podcast. And it's been really interesting to me how well our different strengths complement each other. It's the it's totally like kismet luck that it was such a happy accident that like if you could have built a person who had opposite strengths than me, you would have maybe built Amy. You know, I mean, it's just so interesting. And let me tell you, oh my god, our results prove this out. We have different strengths. And everyone has all 24 strengths. All of us have them all. It's just the ones that are lower on our profile. Everybody immediately, because of, again, how we're wired, they go right to the bottom strengths and they go, I thought it was a good leader. This says that I'm terrible leadership. It's like, you know what? That actually says you might be a terrific leader. And that is why you feel so exhausted at the end of every day when you come home. Oh, okay. Because you have to pull so much harder on your strengths to be able to bring up that leadership. But go on. I want to hear what surprised you because, Amy, you are laughing, you are smiling. Well, I have to say, first of all, that this, I've taken a lot of quizzes from what Muppet are you, what Real Housewife are you? I've taken them all. But this one, sometimes you get it and you're like, eh, I'm not really that Muppet. This is, I mean, I really read it and I was like, they got me. They nailed me. I got it. I am totally this Muppet. You are totally that Muppet. <laughs> Do you mind telling us what your top strength is? My top strength is humor, Amy. Oh, see, that's amazing. Okay, Margaret, I thought I considered myself at one time a humor writer. This was a big <laughs> part of my identity. Okay, humor was very far down on my strengths. And you have to read the definition because once I read the definition that talked about like lightheartedness and levity with life, I was like, oh, right. I am so earnest. <laughs> Just This is humor. It is liking to laugh and tease, bringing smiles to other people, seeing the light side, making, not necessarily telling, jokes. That's my number one strength. And I got to say, guilty as charged. Right. It's so good for positivity and optimism to have a lighthearted, joyful, laughing super strength. So the top five are supposed to be your signature strengths. And this is a free assessment. So they can also be like stacked up. Your top 10 could all be like around the same weight. Right. You don't know how they're weighted. Right. All right, Amy, hit us with your number one. My top strength, this will surprise no one. If anybody has listened to like two episodes of this podcast, if Margaret's top strength is humor, Amy's top strength is love of learning. I mean, it's like they listened to the podcast and wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Matthew. like it's a seemingly simple tool that's developed by neuroscientists and is so, Amy, you guys are lucky. Love of learning. Curiosity is literally the key to well-being and happiness in life. I'm not kidding. That's a great strength to have as number one. And also it's why you two are, you know, Margaret, you keep Amy laughing. Amy, your love of learning keeps this thing going forward. Like I see it. Mm -hmm. I get it. 
Yeah. And I'm very prudent. That's another one of my strengths. And I think I can be overly cautious. I share that one. I don't know what I would call. I would suspect that that another strength of Margaret's that's high up. Prudence, by the way, is second to last for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fourth out of 25. Yeah, it's 20. Yeah, it's 23rd. I love it. There is so much to explore in this strengths questionnaire. So let's take a break. When we come back, we're talking to Anne Immig of Listen Life Coaching, and we'll be right back. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So I wanted to talk about one of my lesser strengths because I thought this was, I read it and I'm like, true, but oh, um, it has me low on zest. (laughs) I think you're very zesty. Zest. Approaching life with excitement and energy, not doing things halfway or half-heartedly. I mean, I do, I don't do things halfway. Living life is an adventure, feeling alive and activated. I mean, I don't do things halfway, but on the other hand, I I am not the person who shows up with the mug of coffee like, good morning, everybody. Like, that's (laughs) not really me. Thank God. But I want it to be. Amy, our strengths are so similar and I'm not surprised. And the good news is you can raise these. You can focus on channeling zest if that's important to you. And the more you're engaging in things that broaden and build your positivity, the more your zest might be raised as well. And I think one of the reasons that clients trust me as a positive psychology coach is this exact thing. Like I do not wake up every morning like sunshine, bluebirds. Like I am not, you know, it's my baseline mood is lower and that's why I need this work and it's changed my life. My last ranked strength is self-regulation slash temperance. (laughs) regulating what one feels and does, being disciplined, (laughs) controlling one's appetites and emotions. Again, they got me. 
dead to rights. It's not my strength. I mean, I wouldn't say you're terrible at those things. It's just a lesser strength. That's all we're saying. <laughs> it's a lesser, lesser strength. <laughs> Again, we all have 24 strengths. <laughs> we all have them all. And it, like, I, in seriousness, I had a client say to me, I think resilience was near the bottom. And she's like, my therapist said to me, you've been through so much. You've survived so much. Like, how could this possibly be right? And I'm like, right. You've survived so much. And wow, look at how much you've had to pull up on the strength to keep going. And that must be exhausting. And she was like, yes, right? Like, bingo. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. One of the overlaps that we had is curiosity. It was number two for me and number three for Amy. Curiosity, taking an interest in ongoing experience for its own sake, finding subjects and topics fascinating, exploring and discovering. This makes total sense. Makes sense. Like why you're great interviewers and why you've been able to launch and expand this business. That makes total sense to me. What a great signature strength for you two to share. This is incredible. Oh, interesting. And perspective is also a shared top strength. Perspective is... Being able to provide wise counsel to others, having ways of looking at the world that makes sense to oneself and others. That's kind of our job. <laughs> yes, yes. As, since this is a parenting podcast, this is a super secret helpful tip for your college age kids who have to write essays. You know, I bug my kids to do all this stuff and they, of course, want no piece of it because I'm doing it. But when you have to, so my older son, one of his top strengths is humility. So you can imagine how hard the college application process was for him. He's a sophomore in college now. But I was like, okay, then let's just take this 15 minute strength assessment and it gives you the words to describe oh. yourself. And they're really good words. Mm, that's smart. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got to say humility, third from the bottom for me. <laughs> Same. Hope is a little lower than I'd like it to be. And where is hope for you? <laughs> it's 17 out of 24. I don't think of myself as lacking in hope. Maybe we have really similar strengths profiles. Oh, guess what mine is? Hope. 17. We're low hopers. We're just so-so. Expecting the best in the future and working to achieve it, believing that a good future is something that can be brought about. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, no. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Look at the current reality we're living in, people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're realists. We're realists, which also make things happy. All right, Amy, I want to hear your top five. Oh, my top five. Okay. My top five were love of learning, perspective, Perfect. which we just discussed, curiosity. Very, that was low for me, but that's true. You have a much better sense of perspective than me. Curiosity, prudence, being careful about one's choices, not taking undue risks, not saying or doing things that might later be regretted. There's the conflict avoidant part. I think I am. That's prudent. second to last for me, prudence, which is good. But we always say that because we have an expression that I'm the idea canon and Amy is the person who's like, let's see if that will work. And if you have two non-prudent idea canon people, no good. And if you have two people who are like, let's be prudent. It's a, we match very well in that way. I feel like that's a good balance for us. I think so. The reason there is a what fresh hell is because you are like, I have an idea, right? That's you are that person. And then I'm like, well, that would mean we have to buy a microphone and we have to let them. I, I bring that. But you have to have, you have both. to have both. Yeah. I mean, it, prudence can sometimes feel like killjoy, but you're like a yes and person, not like a like, it'll never work. Like you're like, let's figure out how to make it work. My final top strength is spirituality. 
having coherent beliefs about the higher purpose and meaning of the universe, having beliefs about the meaning of life that shape conduct and provide comfort. I think so. I think that's me. That was very low for me, I think. That's interesting because you just have that, you have that beautiful practice, that spiritual practice you talked about in part one about the keeping people's names and looking at the names of people that you want to hold in prayer or in mind. It's just, I'm not sure if it works. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm becoming a radical secularist, basically like, okay, we'll just try to get along with people, you know, but knowing how it all fits together, no idea. What are your top five? Well, yeah, it's the practice. And also like with your practice in particular, I think it's really meaningful. It's that positivity resonance. I think it's a way you care for people that probably matters to them. Yeah. And I just don't feel comfortable being like, because then this is what's really going on in the universe. But I'm going to keep trying anyway, even though I have no idea. Hit us with your top five. Number one is humor. Number two is curiosity, which we share. Number three is creativity, thinking of novel and productive ways to conceptualize and do things. Four is perspective, which we talked about. And five is social intelligence, being aware of motives, feelings of others and oneself, knowing what to do to fit into different social situations and knowing what makes other people tick. That is so true. Margaret can talk to anybody and you also very deeply see somebody's, Margaret deeply sees each person's humanity when she encounters them in a way that's really kind of fun for me to watch and learn from. And I think you just, you just see people and you get people and you get you're just disarming or something and you just get people not to like you know unburden themselves necessarily just to like relax and be themselves in your presence again great interviewer traits curiosity both of you right love of learning genuine interest in people and intuition and sensibilities about how people operate so knowing all this stuff going back to where we started like deciding what we're going to take forward into the new year how does knowing your strengths or and your more developing strengths let's say how these rank how does that help you create more of what you want in the coming well, year well keeping them handy and referring to them often is what i recommend when you're feeling stuck or you're out of sorts using your signature strengths is the way through. I used to feel like this was magic and I didn't know something would resonate and I'd feel unlocked. And you know, when you're stuck and people would be like, just let go. You're like, I'm trying, you know, and once in a while <laughs> I would hear something or I'd watch something and I felt like this works for a while. And then I, I thought it was just this magic thing that would descend. And now I know it's not magic. Literally it's these strengths that we have. And that when we're stuck, or we're not feeling good, that this is the way through the way to find ease and flow. And so keeping them handy, and, you know, whatever surprised you or delighted you or resonated with you from the calendar, again, put it in the front of your new calendar, and refer to it often. Mm -hmm. These questions are so useful. This exercise, I feel like both, maybe even more so in looking at the lower strengths that you think like, oh, yeah, these are things that maybe I should recognize in situations. And what I like is, we talk to a lot of people who have a lot of book titles. And Often I like when we talk to people and it's like a new construct of seeing the problem, like starting from the place of what you're looking for that's positive versus 
defining things as this is the ways that I'm bad and no good. And that this really, and we talk about ourselves. And certainly I talk about myself in that way of like, oh, I'm so disorganized. I can't make anything happen. And realizing like, these are strengths, and they are in a ranking and that certain things serve you about your operating system and certain things don't serve you as well. And that you can concentrate on different strengths and work on them. It feels like a really positive and achievable set of goals as opposed to like, this year, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week so that I can feel bad about myself the second week of January when I already haven't done that. (laughs) Well, and it's really frees you of a lot of the stories we tell ourselves. Like you were talking about those hard conversations earlier in our conversation, Amy, or when you feel like you're in a conflict, it's so easy to be like, I suck. Oh God, I'm this way. She's that way. He's that way. And then you look at it in terms of strengths, it can all of a sudden just be so illuminating. Like, oh, right. Teamwork is low on my profile and she's really good at that. And no wonder this feels awkward. And then it just takes it all out of that judgy side of ourselves and we can be reflective and we can think of like, what, how could I approach this in a way that would feel a little easier for me without all this baggage I'm attaching to it? That's not even true half the time. More than half the time. And if you want to boost your happiness, if I'm understanding this correctly, so I love of learning and curiosity. Those are strengths for me. So if I'm feeling a little like, man, uh, like I'm, I'm missing something in my life, a good place to start would be find a way to feed my curiosity and love of learning. Absolutely. Okay. So that's a very easy way to sort of bring more of what you want into 2024. Yeah. And just to kind of bring it back to listen to your mother, since that's how we all met, It's like having those nerves when you're thinking about how you're going to perform your story or perform your work and shifting it to how you're serving other people who are going to listen to it. So it reminds me of that kind of pivot where it's so much less about your ego and so much more about how can I use what I do well to serve myself and others. It's been great. Well, we're talking to Anne Immig. She is a life coach at listenlifecoaching.com. And tell us about your workshops and the way people can start working with you. Oh, you can find me at listenlifecoaching.com. And you can learn a lot about me that way. And there's an easy way to connect with me there through my everyone gets a free 30 minute consultation, no strings attached. So if this is at all interesting to you, I'd love to hear from you and zoom with you. This was a really fun conversation and so useful. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll put the link to the questionnaire, the character science questionnaire, the exercises for looking back at 2023 and bringing what you want to 2024. And of course, Listen Life Coaching, we'll put all of that in the show notes for this episode. And and you also have a podcast. I do. And actually, this question I was going to ask you, but I know it's hard for people on the spot, but is there something fun? Can you add fun into your life? And if you don't know where to find fun, allow yourself to be bad at something. And then it can be fun. So another part of our shared world, we all met through the blogging years. And two of my earliest blogging friends and funniest friends, Mariana Olenko and Wendy Ahrens, We decided to do a podcast because, you know, obviously we're ahead of the curve with with podcasting. It's this brand new technology and (laughs) hot new thing. (laughs) Yeah, hot new thing. We're going to make our mark. But Mariana listened to a lot. uh, She listened to a couple of celebrity memoir podcasts that she liked listening to, but the hosts were 
a little different generation. And she decided it would be fun to have a couple friends and ask me to do it. And I really did not want to learn how to do a podcast. But I wanted to collaborate with these friends even more than I didn't want to learn. Love of learning is not high for me. I wish it was. And so we, the summer started recording in October, we launched, it's pronounced memoir. It's all about celebrity memoirs. And it's just fun. And we laugh. And it's all about the process and not about the outcome. So if that is my wish for you too this year, like what can you bring into your life that's just delightful, that you can be bad at, that's all about the process and not about the outcome? We will link to that podcast as well in the show notes. It's super fun. And we've had Wendy Aarons on the show, so you've heard her already. That's right. And this was so much fun. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was an honor and such a treat. Thanks, Anne. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.